Listening Dog Media. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay and alongside me again back to grace us with her presence. It's the wonderful Hayley McQueen. Welcome back, Hayley. Hi, it's good to be back. It's good to have you completing The Three Musketeers today, the trad lineup of this podcast. It's the woman who's here, there and everywhere. It's Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Hoops. Hello. I felt that was very Arnold Schwarzenegger from oh, really? Hayley. Apart from being good to be back oh. rather than... <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> be back, y'all. <laughs> it is the winter break, of course. Do um, busy football people get up to anything special during the winter break? Do either of you get any time off? Oh, we don't. Um, I can I can vouch for both of us on that because I've seen Haley recently uh, yeah. working away, beavering away. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that I can say about footballers is um, I follow a lot on Instagram, and there are a lot of beach shots. There's lots yes. of books on Golf. beaches. The sausage dog legs seen a few of those as well <laughs> there's lots of golfing going on as well out mm-hmm. in dubai making us very jealous indeed you might need a break Linz, after the events at brentford at the weekend you were there for drone gate i was as long as the breaks come outside of the football match that would be ideal <laughs> because it was the longest match i mean the longest first <laughs> half i've ever had to sit through it felt like a comedy of errors at one point because of course, we know that there can be disruptions. We saw on Friday night in the in the Norwich game at Watford with the lights going out and struggling with the floodlights. We know those sorts of things can happen. But this game at Brentford, I will remember forever Brentford <laughs> v Wolves because it had so many things. So we had a really horrible clash of heads to begin with in the first half, about six minutes added on. Then there was drone gate. So there was a drone above the stadium. And by the way, journalists beavering away trying to find out rules about drones was hilarious. But apparently the reason we don't see this all the time is because they are meant to be geo-blocked. They're not meant to be able to go over a stadium. It's the same with airports. And obviously Brentford's quite close proximity to, to Heathrow. And there should have been something that prevented that from happening, but it, it didn't. Something got through um, and there was a drone that that delayed play for about 15, 16 minutes. So, you know, you're, you're into a first half that by the time we were clocking off was about 70 odd minutes. And then... <laughs> basically pretty much done a full football yeah. game. And, and I was going to go and have my nails done afterwards. I'd said to the salon <laughs> in Richmond, yeah, I'll be there by about six o'clock or something. And thought, no, this is never going to happen. Then... 
15 minutes at half time, you'd think that the referee would check the pack, that it's all working okay. Came out another six minute delay before we even got the second half going. So yeah, oh it was just one of those. But great win for Wolves. Love, yeah, loved yes. the goals. Mm-hmm. Loved Mourinho's goal in particular. Um, we don't know who the drone belonged to, do we still? We haven't seen any press of it, but... The likelihood is they will identify that drone and wow, there could be a hefty fine. There was a helicopter overhead afterwards, a police helicopter. Can you imagine how much money it's cost? So I think someone who might have been having a bit of a a laugh on a Saturday afternoon might be regretting their actions. Yeah, I wonder if there'll be a knock at the door. Uh, We took a drone, didn't we, to Dulwich Hamlet? Remember that, Hayley? Oh, with yeah. permission, yes, with it was permission. with permission, yes, yes. And From, we had. A I asked Kate; chant she asked me. Yeah, that was the permission. <laughs> Only kidding. We did. It was we had really a good fun, chant, didn't we? Made up about the drone. I can't remember yeah, what it the was, but we did. The home crowd. Yeah. yeah, we've got our own drone. We've got something, our own drone. something really original. Yeah, yeah. yeah something we, like that. We are Dulwich Hamlet, and we've and we've even got a drone. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now that that now that was a fun day. Indeed, it was. Quick reminder that you can subscribe to the Offside Rule on your favourite podcasting app. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and our brilliant website. Plenty to feast on there, offsiderulepodcast.com. Coming up on the show then, after Anthony Martial agreed to join Sevilla on a six-month loan deal, potentially bringing to an end his six-and-a-half-year stint at Old Trafford, we talk about other players in teams that we just wish had worked out better. And with Thiago Silva still bossing the Premier League at the ripe old age of 37, we're going to profile our favourite golden oldies, those players who just keep delivering. Uh, But first, the January transfer window is drawing to a close, isn't it, as we record this? But which clubs haven't done the business we'd expect? Which clubs have wasted the opportunity to strengthen? into this one then the January transfer window closes on Monday night that uh, shutting door sound will be echoing around the whole of Sky Sports as everyone do they do they still wear yellow Haley? are you still yellowing for deadline day is that is that still a thing so because we have a lot of yellow in terms of graphic and lighting they just said we wear black so that's fine I'm, I'm happy with black black's my favorite color well I mean black often known as the colour of mourning, perhaps certain clubs will be mourning the end of the mm, window, having mm, not done mm. any business at all. So as we record this on Thursday morning, clubs have got just five days, haven't they, to secure the signings they need for the rest of the season. We've seen clubs like Newcastle, Villa, Everton, Watford, all being pretty busy this January. But which clubs have wasted the opportunity to do business? Um, Linz, I'm going to start with you. We spoke about Burnley recently and I'm going to revisit them because they've had plenty of warning. We already, last week or the week before, we were talking about Chris Wood, weren't we, being uh, sold to Newcastle, how they would have some money. Maybe, just maybe, they could be the beneficiaries rather than feeling that they'd been weakened. They could use that money, try and get someone, I think I'd suggested Defoe on a free, which Kate jumped in and said about maybe Defoe would end up at Newcastle as well. Everyone's just going to end up at Newcastle but they could have gone abroad they'd been linked with a few strikers um but as we record this Burnley have done very little business now I say that and I know Hayley McQueen of Sky Sports News might be 
tempted to put in here because yesterday, Hayley, there was a link between Burnley and Aaron Ramsey. Oh, yes, um, yes. Juventus coming back to the Premier League. Maybe that will happen. But whatever happens... It needs to be something, something in this window. We've been told way too many times that since ALK Capital came in as the new owners, that they would spend some money. Mm. The only factor that they have in this relegation race, I think, that goes for them is that they've done it before and that they've got Sean Dyche. But in terms of personnel, they've just got players that keep getting older. Max Cornet's been fantastic, but usually you only see one player that we talk about each season. Last season, it was Dwight McNeil. They need to have a couple more new additions for us to get excited about. Um, they had been partial links to Benteke at Crystal Palace. Now, maybe if um, Donny van der Beek goes on, on a season-long loan um, from Man United, maybe Palace will be keen to offload a few wages. Andy Carroll who'd spent that couple of months at Reading, shows that he can still score goals. By the way, Andy Carroll scoring two of the best disallowed goals you'll ever see. <laughs> I keep forgetting he's just still around. I keep forgetting it. Of course, yeah, there he is. Still he going could, strong. He could suit Burnley, don't you think? You know, with it, his dominance in the air, that's the sort of player that they might want. But just someone, anyone, they've wasted January to this point. Mm. And also, it's better to bed the players in earlier on mm. in the window than leaving it this late. So even if they do a bit of business towards deadline day, I would say as a, a Burnley fan, you're still a bit mm. peeved about it. Mm. From, I think... Andy Carroll is in talks with West Brom, as far as I'm aware. Mm, West Brom have made go. an approach to try and snap Breaking him up. News. So, yeah, I think it could yeah. possibly, if he goes anywhere, might might be them. So Burnley have signed big fat zero. Um, more work needs to be done. Will anything be done in time? Let's see. Hayley, another club who you could say hasn't made the most of this January. Arsenal, what are you doing? Who are <laughs> you? Who are you? Are you still a big club? Well, you think you are, but what have you done? Absolutely nothing in the areas that you needed to do absolutely everything and pull out all the stops. And it's just like, we're, I feel like we're just wasting time now with players that are wasting their time. It's like, just get rid of Aubameyang. You haven't taken him on your warm weather training to Dubai. He's not in your plans. Let's just move on. But they're a London club. They should be desirable. Players should want to go and play for them. But at the moment, players are looking elsewhere because do they see Arsenal as a side that are going to be playing European football next season or more, more importantly, Champions League football? They're two points behind fourth place United. So they're in a good place. It's Arsenal's best chance of qualifying for the Champions League since Arsene Wenger's departure, believe it or not. They need a striker. Everyone knows they need a striker. They're struggling for goals, aren't they? Their top scorer is Smithrow on eight, Saka on six, as we know. Aubameyang, who's only got his four goals, doesn't seem to be included in their plans. Lacazette and Eddie and Ketty are both out of contract at the end of the season. You'd want to get rid of them now and cash in, at least just bring a little bit of something in. Unfortunately for them, their number one target, the one guy that we think they were desperate to sign, has gone elsewhere. Yeah, Vlavic, um, they could have signed, but no, they've missed out on him. However, I do think Vlahovic 
and him going to Juventus could open the door for a Juventus player to now leave because of Vlaovic's arrival and then in turn could actually benefit Arsenal because you've got Arthur, not your Arthur, Kate, uh, but a slightly <laughs> older Arthur who could join Arsenal. It might just be on a loan deal, but at least he could provide them with some sort of attacking uh, option. Oh my word, Kate, Arthur would love it if there was an Arthur at Arsenal, wouldn't yeah. he? Imagine, is, he, is he definitely Arthur rather than Arthur? Well, I said Arthur and, and Carve Solico kept calling him Arthur. So I thought, oh, well, if, if, if Carve says Arthur, then it's Arthur, isn't it? But he's a midfielder, uh, right? So it doesn't immediately well, solve this problem, does it? No, but at least it's adding somebody who can get them goals. There's Everton's Calvert-Lewin. I'd seen that the Athletic were reporting that he was linked with them. And Real Sociedad's Alexander Isaac as well. I think he would be quite a, a, a good signing. Calvert-Lewin, I think, is going to be far too expensive for Arsenal. We know what they're like with spending money or not spending money in January. And I'm not quite sure Everton are actually going to sell him. And mm. who knows what's happening at Everton when you've got a club that are in problems or clubs without managers or new managers coming in. How an, I just January is just the worst month to get rid of a manager, bring someone new in. It's just it's just chaos, isn't it? But yeah, yeah I I just Arsenal very very disappointing. I'd be fuming if I was an Arsenal fan. They're in that situation, aren't they, Arsenal, where they're linked much more with players leaving and where they're going to go mm. than players arriving, and they do need to offload. But that's not going to immediately solve their problems. I've chosen mine on the basis of Antonio Conte seeing he he basically wants to do a big rebuilding at Spurs. And you'd have thought that he would start in this transfer window. I know it's not the transfer window to make wholesale changes, but surely, you know, bearing in mind again, the number of players potentially set to leave Tottenham, not much has been done so far. No, no one has been signed at all. There's Adama Traore, isn't there, who's been linked and Spurs apparently closing in on this deal, Linz. I don't know whether you know any more than I do about oh, 20 million yeah. quid. I mean, as far as I knew, it was done a while ago and, and it's still not over the line. So it must be personal terms. I mean, coming back to the Brentford game that I was at and um, Traore had that disallowed goal it looked like he was saying goodbye to his teammates. He looked really emotional after that goal was ruled out. Everyone went to him as well. Reading between the lines, I would say that, that that's probably been done. I also was told that he stayed in London after that game. Oh, uh, so, so I wonder why. So you know, personal what, what terms, is this play about? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. So Conte and Daniel Levy have already sort of identified they need a new centre-back, a wing-back, a central midfielder and a backup striker. Um, for Harry Kane, which which surprises me that that you know if Traore doesn't come off, are they going to have wasted the window effectively? Several players linked to go: Deli Ali, Dombele, Stephen Bergwijn. Question marks about his future. Matt Doherty, Tanganga as well. Um, apparently, they've approached Manchester United about Jesse Lingard. Don't know, but he's also linked with Newcastle and West Ham. I think that's all still, you know, still the the um, subject of much conjecture. But yeah, it did surprise me how Spurs, despite saying we need we need a complete rebuild, there doesn't look like there's much rebuilding going on at the moment. The other one I'd picked out was Leicester as well. Leicester desperately need defensive backup, don't they? Maybe even backup for Jamie Vardy too. But again, zero business. Uh, a lot of clubs have not so far. Uh, invested at all in this transfer window. I wonder if it'll end up being a bit of a damp squib. Strikers are such a valuable asset though and they very rarely move too much in January. So unless you're going to go for a really out there 
risky signing probably from abroad and remember January they haven't got any pre-season to bed in which often when you're bringing in players I, I do feel a bit sorry for European or South American players coming into the league um, partway through a season if they don't get that that pre-season mm. bedding in period I don't think we can judge them as fans too much if they don't suddenly you know hit the ground running so that's one thing for t- to consider that's why mm. I think um, people like Andy Carroll are being talked about, Jermaine Defoe, who's now on available, because they might be older, coming on to our golden oldies shortly, but they've been there and they've done it in the Premier League and those are more likely to be the January signings that we see. Yes, the kind of, I don't want to say sort of bin ends, but they're kind of towards the <laughs> end did. of their career. You, you absolutely said the that. The ends of football. People who Kate. can do, players, players, players who could do a job for you but you wouldn't want necessarily on a three-year deal. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse through the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. Let's move on to Golden Oldies, Lynn. You've touched on this already. Thiago Silva on Sunday. I mean, what a brilliant display for Chelsea. Good win for Chelsea. Really comfortable. 2-0 over Spurs. If you look at Silva's stats... He completed in that game 96% of his passes, won five aerial duels, three efforts on goal, scored with a header to seal the win. 37 years old. I mean, putting us to shame here, ladies, though I'm a little bit beyond that, it has to be said. Uh, Signed on a free from PSG in August 2020, showing no signs of slowing down either, is he? And it got us thinking about other golden oldies that have shone in the Premier League. Um, Hayley, what have you got? I've got a goalkeeper. (laughs) He might not be having the best season of his life, but he's still showing that at almost 39 years old, Ben Foster can still cut it and keep 27-year-old Daniel Bachman out of the starting 11, even when Ben Foster was out injured and and Bachman came in. And yeah, again, he didn't exactly set the league alight, did he, between between the posts. But Ben Foster still managed to get his place back when he did return from injury he doesn't have a very good record because he hasn't kept a clean sheet but is it any surprise really were they ever going to be you know setting the Premier League alight I don't think so but he has played consistently for seems like about 20 years that Ben Foster's been around I remember him when he was at Manchester United as a, as a youngster and I was looking back through some of the footage as well and I actually found because I was like why why do so many goalkeepers who are, of course, normally the older players who play and they can play into their 40s. What is it about them that keeps them so fresh? Yes, they're not running around a pitch for 90 minutes, so, you know, they're not exerting themselves as much. But because they're sort of a little bit different, I think you'd have to say, they, they kind of invest in alternative things. I remember Mark <laughs> Schwarzer was very into his Pilates and his yoga, whereas the rest yes. of the team just yeah. weren't buying it. Um, and ben Emi Foster, Martinez is as well. Yes. I did a ben, fe- feature about that. Yeah. Cool. Well, Ben Foster is mad into his cycling. He's got over a million subscribers on YouTube, um, which again is a bit surprising because I thought kind of YouTube and vlogging was for youngsters, but he's showing that even an old man um, can have 1.4 <laughs> million views of a of a simple video that he uploads where he's just, he's riding a bike, because it's a good skill, whilst talking to the camera. He's quite eloquent as well. Um, What's he saying, Hayley? He's talking, you th- so he does like a bit of post-like, 
post kind of match analysis oh we did this or we did that or he'll just give you a bit of kind of the emotion of how he's feeling off the back of a game at the weekend when it's, it's normally been a defeat and maybe he'll take... Doogie can get us a bit of a clip of him yeah <laughs> I'm Ben Foster, the Cycling GK. Welcome back to the Match Day Vlogs, the international break. Boom, it is gone. Thank God for that. It is Premier League football now, all the way through till March, till the next one. And we've got a big one tomorrow. Manchester United at Vicarage Road, welcoming back Cristiano Ronaldo to the Premier League. Before we get into it's the brilliant, motto, but he's he's really funny actually. So he was saying, oh, we, you know, we're up against Manchester United next. Really looking forward to this. Heading back to Old Trafford or blah blah blah. Get to see Ronaldo again. Used to be mates with him, and he said, oh, here I am playing for Man United, and it's pictures of him kind of flashing up. He said, oh look. Uh, nice and clean shaven there he goes what an idiot he said my chin's far too big not to have a beard hence he's had a beard since he left Manchester United he does have a he does have a big jaw but that's him saying it not me you do wonder if now that Ranieri's gone will we see a little bit more of of Daniel Bachman his I mean his stats aren't brilliant no but... you know what Hayley this is Hodgson that's been announced and who has Ho yeah. who does Hodgson know in that team he knows Foster and Cleverly so he's gonna play with his experienced mm. players who he knows who he knows are gonna I don't think it even really matters whether you have Bachman or Foster in goal in terms of of of, of skill and their goalkeeping, I think it's more about the personality and, of course, where they are in the league and what he needs from them as a character, kind of leading from the back. But good good on him for actually having the time to not only play at the top levels of football, but to, he's a father of two. His missus fell pregnant when his baby was about six weeks old and they were both under one. I remember that at Manchester United because I'd seen him, I was like, oh, how's, how's life going? He's like, I've got another one on the way. I was like... Haven't you just had a baby? So he's always had his hands full. Bada, bada, boom. Yes. There we go. The cycling goalkeeper. Um, you mentioned it briefly, Linz. Guess who's back? Daddy's back. The oldest manager in football. 74-year-old yeah. Roy Hodgson. Uh, we could fit him into this golden oldie section, couldn't we? Uh, but anyway, which player have you gone for? I can't look any further than Jean Moutinho at Wolves. Come on. You know, I'm a huge fan. And he's been my favourite player to watch at Molyneux over the years. Um, he's into his fourth year at the club. Now, when he came in, it was very much a signing that was that was explained to everyone. You know, this is a great player coming towards the end of his career. He's not going to play every game, every minute. Uh, well, um, he's only missed five Premier League games in the whole of those four years that he's been at Wolves. Wow. So he's played much, much more than we thought that he would. Mm. Um, the game against Brentford, that goal with the outside of his boot, he just shows that he still absolutely has it. There's only Saar in goal, which you expect a goalkeeper to play every week, uh, but Kilman and Cody that have played more minutes. So Matinho, even though we all keep like bracing ourselves for him being on the verge of finishing at some point, still keeps going strong. So mm. um, at 35 years old, I think he's got a couple of seasons still left to go, um, certainly at that level. And another one that I'd mention is Fernandinho at Manchester City. Now, the reason with him at 36, I know that he doesn't start every match, 
But wow, Pep Guardiola standards. In order to keep getting in and keep being called on, he's that reliable figure to come off the bench, isn't mm. he, to just shore things up. Has to show that he's still at the very top of what he does. If he wasn't, Pep would move him on. So Fernandinho at 36 has to be another. Mm. Shout out to Jill Scott and plays in the WSL. She's in her 18th year of playing senior football. She's about wow. to turn 35 and she's just signed on loan for Villa as well because she wants the game time. She actively wants the game time. She's uh, with Manchester City otherwise. But yeah, she's made the most appearances of any player in the Women's Super League, 168 and counting. We know she's made well over 150 appearances for England as well. Got a whole load of trophies in her cabinet. But yeah, uh, Jill Scott doesn't seem like she's going to slow down anytime soon. You went with Wolves, Linz. I'm going to um, put a bid in for Liverpool and the man with the broadest face and the broadest shoulders in football, James Milner, needs mm, a mention, yeah. doesn't he? 36, he's played 22 games this season, including the last four consecutive Premier League games, albeit mostly off the bench. Uh, but he's played in both quarters and both semis of the League Cup as well, just proving what an important part of that team he is as the it's vice his versatility captain. as well at it that is, age. yeah because he's because, played this yeah. season in both those fullback positions and in midfield mm. too and that's what sets him apart because usually when you have an aging player they they narrow down to one position and just know exactly what their job mm. is but that's the thing that i find absolutely astounding by about milner is he'll come in and he'll, he'll do whatever he'll role clock yeah needs. yeah yeah um do you know what's also really important and, and and i'm sure it's the case for some of the guys that you've mentioned as well it's his mentoring younger players off the pitch as well it's not just what happens mm. on the pitch it's his contribution off the pitch i know that milner's given some team talks as well in the past so yeah i, I mean a you know, uh, an obvious one, but needs to be mentioned, um, James Milner. A couple of little notes for um, the guys that are still scoring goals well into their 30s. Let's not forget Jamie Vardy, of course, the seventh oldest outfield player. We've got here nine goals and one assist. He was like a one season wonder. And then, no, he just keeps on producing, as does, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo, the living legend that it is Manchester United. Still as passionate as ever, still hates being taken off and subbed because they need to keep his legs fresh because he's forgetting he's 36, not 26 or even 16 he sometimes looks. And yeah, he might not run like he used to, but he doesn't need to when he's scoring eight goals and providing three assists in his 18 league games so far. So just a bit of a nod to those mm. players because actually eight of the top 20 oldest players in the Premier League were goalkeepers. And when you look, it was just outside the top 23 more goalkeepers and, and I think five of the top 20 as well were defenders and then midfielders. So big it up to the boys who are still scoring goals and, and, and running rings around defences. We all got a mention in as well for one of our own club players. Exactly. Bravo, yeah. ladies. Thanks. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, nicely done. A quick reminder that you can listen to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast every week as well. Myself and Lindsay this week joined by Sue Smith and a couple of um, teams involved in the Women's FA Cup as well um, mm. in the earlier stages. So speaking to some women, one of whom still pays to play, by the way, uh, and the other um, works full time as um, an engineer climbing up like telegraph poles and stuff oh, wow. in her in her full time job. And um, one plays of them. For yeah. Well, th this is Chloe who, who plays for Liscard. One of them has played 25 seasons. Yes. Yes. 25 that was seasons. Wow. 
yes, that was Dawn Peace, who plays for Chesham United. She joined the club, by the way, as you say, 25 years ago, um, after she gave them an ultimatum. She joined them for a game, first of all. And in that game, the goalkeeper mooned a spectator because the what? spectator was giving the goalkeeper jip. And she said afterwards, I'll join this team as long as you promise to basically smarten up. And she's still there 25 years wow. later. There's been no more mooning since then. Anyway, that's the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. Uh, myself, Lindsay Sue Smith, out at the moment. business still to be concluded you can't help but thinking about players who might have gone in this window or in the ones before who didn't quite work out Mm. for your club inspired by Anthony Martial he's sealed a loan deal to Sevilla until the end of the season Martial's 26 and had only played 210 minutes of Premier League football this season desperate for a new challenge it goes without saying six and a half seasons he's spent in the Northwest which have included some wonderful Mm. moments and I think there's definitely a feel Hayley I'm sure you'd agree with this of what might have been around his departure is that the same for you and are there other players that you can think of where you can't help thinking what if it had all worked out there's a lot of kind of big names and we expect big things from them when they move to a big club particularly if they've come from abroad maybe and come to the Premier League I'm going a little bit alternative with this because I want to mention two players the first more so than the latter who were bigged up the next big thing they're going to be tearing things up when they make their big move and I remember Jack Clark of Leeds signing for Spurs this was only back in 2019 it was 10 million pounds he'd come through the ranks at Leeds he then made 25 senior appearances as as just a very very young boy yeah I think he was just 18 19 when he signed for uh, Tottenham I think he was 18 years old and he I remember at the time in the northeast and, and particularly with my dad having links with Leeds as well saying oh they'll never keep hold of him he's you know an incredible talent he was he was scouted for the under eight side and then snapped up by Leeds United um, Academy and they were desperate for him to succeed and and, and help um, at Leeds United but he's just signed with Sunderland on loan actually I think he's going to do brilliantly but a real shame that a prospect who went to Spurs thinking that he actually might get a game after a, a season or two hasn't played a single minute for Tottenham he went back to Leeds on loan and this is where the problems incurred so they they yep he's gone it's fine he signed for Tottenham but it was under the agreement that he might return to Leeds he made just one appearance he just sat on the bench um, and that's where things started to go wrong they just didn't they just didn't use him you don't know whether they were a bit peeved that he joined Tottenham and just hadn't stayed with them and thought well you would have got game time with us but bring him back help him for the cause he then went to QPR and stayed there for the rest of the season there was a a brief stint for Stoke City but for QPR again he played just seven times and he's absolutely desperate desperate to try and play football Um, he could have 
maybe made a permanent move somewhere. But I don't know if anybody would take the risk on a player who has played a handful of games since 2019 when he made that £10 million move to Tottenham. And I Mm. like to see footballers, particularly with young English prospects as well, making a move, living up to the billing. You don't know whether the media as well kind of contributed to to the downfall of a player. Can I say downfall? He's only 21 years old. Um, But for his career, just not quite kicking off in the way that it should have. Yeah, it feels like a big what if, doesn't it? And um, I hope it's not too late for him as well. Um, Linz, what about you? Well, I ended up in a rabbit hole here because I was thinking about what I get passionate about and when I really want a player to succeed. And I think it's every time a player is offered with some cash for another player, I really think that a club agreeing to let that player go, I then want that player to go on and do really well. There's just something contrary in my mind. So you may recall that happening when Mkhitaryan was taken by Arsenal and Alexis Sanchez went to Manchester United and there's some cash thrown in. Now, look, it didn't work out for either of them, but I think we can arguably say that Mkhitaryan at Arsenal probably was the better deal than Sanchez Mm. at United, given Mm -hmm. the wages. But I really wanted Mkhitaryan at that point to then pick up the mantle and say, you know what, if you're willing to put me as part of a deal to get another player at this club, I am going to pull up trees. I'm going to show you what I can do. So I was really disappointed with him. He's gone on to play elsewhere in Europe and and it's been fine. But I think from an Arsenal perspective, it would have been an even bigger kick in the teeth for United if he'd have done brilliantly there. And then that got me just going back over all these sorts of deals. One of the first ones that I really remember myself was Ashley Cole when it was William Gallas plus £5 million. Um, when Ashley Cole went to Chelsea. And Gallas, that didn't really work out either, him going to Arsenal. I mean, he was fine. He was certainly better than Mkhitaryan. But I still remember the sulk in the centre circle um, <laughs> when he played Birmingham. And there was the, there was just moments when I thought he was capable of more. So if you go down that route, I think you can find quite a few. Now, I wonder if it's like a knock to confidence for these players mm-hmm. that they've been included as part of a deal. But for anyone listening... He might be a professional footballer in the Premier League. Might be quite small, that number. Um, But if they are and they're ever offered as part of a deal with some cash, go and prove something. Just go and do well. I wonder if it's just often because because it doesn't necessarily massively suit them. It suits suits the other side better. When I think about catastrophic what-ifs, players that you think it's a shame that they didn't do better, a lot of Manchester United players spring to mind, actually. And I'm not just being cheeky here, but I, you, you know, you could go back to Angel Well, you are. Maria. You were laughing whilst you said it, so... That's what yeah. that's what Haley will be thinking. You were laughing yes. as a Liverpool fan. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But yeah. let me prove my point now with Angel Di Maria. Remember when he arrived back in 2014, the highest paid player in Premier League history at that time. He was amazing for Real Madrid, 75 million euros he arrived for. And here he was expected to be the next big superstar. He only scored Mm. three goals in his first season and went off to PSG. And you just thought, okay, well, obviously he didn't settle over here, but what if, you know, a player with such a huge price tag, such skill, such a wonderful player as well, just didn't happen. Um, I'll bring it up more to the present day though and mentioned Sebastian Heller as well signed for West Ham spent 18 months there before he was shipped off to Ajax West Ham paid 45 million quid for him 
He scored. Do you remember he started really well? He scored three goals in his first three games and it was like, oh, West Ham have got an absolute deal here. But he basically finished his debut season with seven goals, sold to Ajax for 22 million quid um, a year or so ago. Well, in fact, a year ago, yeah, January transfer window 2021. And he's done so well in the Netherlands as well. Scored 11 goals in 19 Eredivisie games, doing really well in the Champions League as well, but just didn't do it. Didn't do it at all for West Ham when they could have got so much out of him, really. I mean, look, what if some football, we could go on for hours and hours and hours, couldn't we? Hayley, is there anyone else who you think? Mm, yeah, just a couple if? of people couple of people I want to mention actually and it is another Man United player but I'm not uh, not going to Manchester United but he signed for Leicester and was incredible part of of course their Premier League winning size Danny Drinkwater do you remember he was on the fringes of getting into the the, the well, the fringes of the England picture, I think you could call it. He was a regular for Leicester. Chelsea signed him for £34 million pounds, uh, a few years ago. Where has he been? Well, when they missed out on Ross Barkley, they snapped up Drinkwater. He did play, didn't he, for a little while. But when Antonio Conte left, having made, I mean, just 12 Premier League appearances, which, which wasn't great, but he was still playing him. He was never played under Maurizio Sarri, apart from in the Community Shield. Uh, Frank Lampard showed very little interest interest in giving him an opportunity and loan moves to Burnley and Aston Villa have been a bit disastrous for him that just never worked out you'd think it's a real shame for somebody who was uh, making absolute waves at Leicester and and could have potentially gone on to play for uh, England and maybe even feature a little more heavily Chelsea did buy a few players from Leicester so they had Chilwell as I'm... well Conte so one of them wasn't yeah. going to work out you know by a law of averages do you not think yeah quite possibly yeah so and and that was one of them mm. I think it's time we move on to any other business So in this section every week, uh, the stories that may have gone slightly under the radar that you may not have picked up elsewhere. Um, who wants to get us started? Lindsay, have you got one? I, I think just a pick up that Christian Eriksen, that six month deal to Brentford has mm. happened. I feel like not as much as been made of it since mm. the initial talk. But yeah, it is going ahead. He is going to be teaming up with some of his Denmark um, associates and we'll get to see him back in the Premier League. So I can't wait for that. How exciting. Let me mention a debate in Parliament that happened on Wednesday. It was all about women's experiences of playing football, professional football in England. And because of this, um, pro footballers are now, so they that play in the Women's Super League and the Women's Championship, so the top two tiers, are going to benefit from maternity and long-term sickness cover absolutely bonkers that they haven't had it but there's going to be a big change to their contracts and now they are entitled to maternity and long-term sickness pay uh, the debate was brought about by the Sunderland Central MP Julie Elliott Julie Elliott who pushed this forward and um, the change has been agreed by the FA and the PFA so yeah really really good news and about blooming time as well uh, for professional female players to benefit in that way Hayley okay um 
this just because I think it's quite cool because you don't see him very often. But imagine joining a new club and Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo, leaves you a personal message. I don't know how and why this came about, but Anthony Martial, um, when he joined Sevilla, got a message from his absolute hero. Apparently, he's like he was obsessed with the original Ronaldo and he'd said he was joining an absolutely huge club with incredible fans and yeah had just waxed lyrical about the club he was joining and wished him the best of luck says big hugs to you can't wait to meet you so a bit of a mutual appreciation there but it's always quite sweet when you see something like that and you you kind of see how much it means yeah anthony martial's played for manchester united he's been at you know the height of his career um national team doing very well as well but all that matters to him is having a little private message from the one Aww. and only ronaldo Mm -hmm. um, has anyone seen floating around social media? Uh, because we're in the winter break, we might be a little light of content. Gimme Sport have helped us out with a video. What if Premier League football clubs were restaurants? So in it kind of rather particularly spurs a Pret-a-Manger. Um, <laughs> West Ham are Weatherspoons, proper British, they say. Wolves, okay. Lindsay, are Nando's. Um, because of their extra oh. Portuguese twist. It's yeah. hot and spicy offerings are something okay. to be savoured. Man United are McDonald's. Massive, but not as good as it was when you were a kid, which I thought was quite funny. That Liverpool quite, are five guys, um, American owned and dressed in red, uh, <laughs> but everyone's sick of people going on about them too much. And Newcastle was given Yo Sushi, which was a bit like, huh? Oh. Um, gives the impression mm. of being new and exciting, but then you realise you're just faced with a conveyor belt full of raw fish. <laughs> oh um, I loved that. Check it out if you can. What if Premier League teams were restaurants? Wow. Got to finish up with the four COVID player rule from the Premier League, which comes in from the 5th of February. So uh, there obviously was much debate about games getting postponed and cancelled and injuries being considered. But now there is a new ruling. It was announced earlier this week. You have to have four players with COVID in order to get a game postponed. So okay. that will be so as introduced in, as from in, as in regular first. I mean, because what, what kind of constitutes a player? Is it someone who's played a minimum number of times? Oh, but that could be questionable right because if I suppose I don't know four players in your squad actually isn't that many when you think about how, how big the, the squads squad, are yeah yeah how big the squads are but how squads interact together and the fact that they're all part mm. of the covid bubble mm. um well look hopefully we are seeing the end of omicron sometime soon but um but yeah, interesting. Well, listen, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm curious to know as to what you're up to. We should say well done to Lindsay Hooper, by the way, because she's been just on a temporary basis providing cover and um, fronting mm. some of the women's football coverage on Sky Sports and doing a super job. Um, what's it been like being back in a studio, <laughs> Lindsay? Um, well, I thought I'd forget how to do it because it's been over a couple of years. Um, I used to do a lot, like like you remember mm. from when we first met. But in in more recent times, it's just mainly been on the road for me, as as you know. So I wondered if I might forget. But uh, the biggest um, nerve wracking thing that happened was I I got a new iPad and it wasn't scrolling at one point oh, before yeah. we went on. <laughs> basically air. froze, didn't it? Yeah. Your basically oh, the whole of the show God. froze for you. Yeah. And I thought, if I can't scroll this running order, then I don't know what's coming up. And <laughs> um, and it could be disaster. So 
thankfully, Frankie, the floor manager, who I'm sure you might know, Hayley, um, cleaned it for me, bless her. And oh. it seemed to help with a reboot and we were oh. all good. Mm. But yeah, that wasn't a nice five minutes. I think Kelly Smith thought the colour drained from my face for a second. <laughs> well, <laughs> the viewers would never have known, of course, some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes before uh, action and you go live to air um, would make a whole podcast of itself one day, I'm sure. Um, so Hayley, are you... Um, are you two back into work together later we then? Are... Yes. Yay! We're so going to see each other in actual person. It's just a shame because I'm on air at four o'clock and I think Lindsay is heading into the studio between three and four. So I will just, I'll just miss her on air, but I'm sure we can, we can meet for a, a little chat in our masks in the corridor and then sit down and have yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah. Leave her a little present somewhere. Yeah, I've got to do this quick hit, you see, on um, transfer deadline day in the women's. Mm. Um, it's so fun. we're doing that on Sports News. As we're recording, so this will be completely out of date, but as we're recording, I think it's five o'clock today, isn't it? The mm. deadline. Is that right? Five yeah. o'clock today. Okay. In the so, women's window. In the women's window, yeah. Mm. Cool. Um, Look forward well, to it. I'm super jealous of your impromptu meetings at work, ladies. Um, we are going to be back again next week, of course, at the Offside Rule. Don't forget to check us out at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And the website is offsiderulepodcast.com. Um, when people leave us a review, what must be the number of stars that is clicked on Hayley McQueen? Five. There's only five there. <laughs> there, are, there are five sort of blank <laughs> stars and you just go to the last one and, and click on five. That's... It's simple, everyone. Surely you don't. It is the only way forward. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we do appreciate your support. Thanks for your comments as well. Have fun, both of you, Lindsay and Hayley. And uh, listeners, we'll speak to you again next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletics football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network.